Okay, go ahead and be seated. We're going to get started. We've got a lot to do and a very short time to do it in. <clears throat> Father, I just praise you and I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is living and it's operative and it's more powerful than a two-edged sword. And I pray tonight that your word would enter and penetrate the hearts of your people to bring life, to bring freedom, to bring healing, to bring truth, oh God, to your people. That your people would walk in power and freedom, in love and joy and peace and everything that you have prepared for them. And I pray all these things in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And tonight, um, I have the honor of sharing the word of God with you. And this message has one word, and it's freedom. And this is, this is the visual that God gave me right before I came up here. So how many of you have seen the movie Braveheart? Willem Wallace. The Scottish revoltist, declare it with me, freedom! I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus came and committed a violent act against sin and against death to bring freedom to you and me, to deliver his children from the bondage of sin and everything that held us captive, amen? So tonight we're going to hear from Jesus' own mouth the keys to living in freedom. So if you would turn with me in the Bible to John, we're in John chapter 8, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week at verse 32. And I'm going to go ahead and just, um, I'll, I'm going to read it through. We're going to go we're going to go, I'm sorry, 31. We're going to go from 31 tonight. We're going to go all the way to 52. And I'm reading out the NIV. And this is what the word of God says. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone how can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you, I am telling you, what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing your thing, you are doing the things your own father does. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. 
for I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of any sin? If I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it. He is the judge. I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Amen. It's a long portion, but it's a very powerful portion, and I want to break it down for you tonight. And so the first thing that I want to talk about is we're going to look at verses 31 and 32. And I love what Jesus says here in verse 31 and 32. He says, he says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And I'm going to tell you tonight that we are very interested in making disciples. Why? Because Jesus, one of his last words to his disciples before, before he, he ascended was all power and authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That was the great commission. Jesus left it to his disciples, and it's also our purpose. And so right here, Jesus is telling you, this is how we know if you're a true disciple, a follower of Jesus. If you hold to his teachings, if you take his word and you hide it in his heart, and, you do, and with all your might and everything you have, you try to keep his word, you try to live out his word, you try to practice his word, that is a disciple. And that is what we're interested in making here out of every single one of you and even the ones that aren't here tonight. Jesus said make disciples and it is our, it is our greatest joy to, to be disciples and to want to make disciples. Amen? And then, better yet, for you to go and make disciples. And that's how it multiplies. So then the next verse, in verse 32, he says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I'm going to tell you, this is a powerful thing right here. If you are walking in bondage, the key to unlocking the chain... The key to getting out of jail is truth. Lies keep you in bondage. Truth sets you free. But what is the truth? Jesus said when he was here on the earth in one of his last sermons, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Jesus is the truth. If you know Jesus, you know truth. And he is the word of God. 
And the word of God is truth. So you must take this word and you must put it in your heart. And you must do your best to follow it, to obey it, to keep it, and to live it out. Then you will live in freedom. And that is what God desires for every single one of us. Moving on to verse 33. In verse 33, the Jews didn't like what Jesus was saying. And he said, what are you talking about? You're crazy. We're Abraham's descendants. We're not slaves. Why, would, why do we need freedom? We're not slaves. And I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes people live self-deceived. They don't even know the true condition of their heart and their life. They don't realize that they are in bondage to sin. They are, they are slaves to sin. And so they're like saying, Jesus, we don't need to be set free. We're Abraham's sons. And, and Jesus then responds to them. And he says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And, and really what we need to understand is that if we are living in a constant sin, then we're a slave to that thing. We're a slave to whatever it is that is controlling us. And what I want to do right now is I want to look at a, at, at a, at a chapter um, in Galatians chapter 6, and it should come up on the screen, but then for those of you who have your Bible, look at Galatians chapter 6 with me, and I'm going to have you do a little exercise together as part of your table talk. So in Galatians chapter 6, and then beginning at verse 14, it talks in, in the, it has the same, Paul is explaining to the Galatian church, about this idea of slavery. In Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 11 and going through 14, and then also 17 and 18, I want you to look at that, at, at those chap, at that chapter. And what I, what I would like you to do is I would like you to look for eight things. Eight things that... Um, that that it explains in there that you can do to break free from sin. So um, is everybody there in Galatians chapter 6? I don't know what, where the slide is, but um, in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 11 and going through 14, and then verse 17 and 18. And what I want you to do is go through that, and I want you to look for eight things that you can do to, to not live in slavery to sin. Does everybody know what we're doing? So go ahead and do that at your tables. Take a couple minutes right now. I found eight. See if you can find all eight or, you know, maybe you'll even find one I didn't find. So Romans 6, 11 to 14. Galatians, sorry. No, I'm sorry, Romans. Romans, my bad. Romans 6. Romans 6, 11 to 14. That's why the slide wasn't up there because they're like Galatians. Romans 6, 11 to 14 and verses 17 and 18. Find seven things that can help you overcome being a slave to sin. 
Go ahead and talk it up at your table, and I'll check back with you in like five minutes. Okay, let's go ahead and go through them. Who found the first one? What's the first clue to becoming free? Number one, count yourself dead to sin. So you're going to go click on that site. Oh, yeah, I died to sin. I'm not going to click on that. Right? Um, number two, what was the next one? Um, the second one, don't let, don't let sin, don't let sin have dominion over. Don't let sin reign over you. Right? That's number two. Number three. Do not give in or do not offer your body to sin. Number four. Say it louder, Lisa. Offer yourself to God. Don't give yourself to sin. Offer yourself to God. The next one. Say it again louder, Ed. Give yourself as an instrument of righteousness. What's the next one? Okay, no longer live under the requirements of the law. And what's the second part of that? Receive grace. Grace is what empowers you not to live in the sin. And then the next part. 17 and 18, what's that? You're united with him, and it says, you wholeheartedly obeyed the teaching to which you were entrusted. When you wholeheartedly obey this word, you're not going to live in sin, right? You wholeheartedly obey. And then the last one says that you have been free from slit from sin, and you are now slaves to what? To righteousness. So you're not a slave to sin anymore. Now you're a slave to God, and you're a slave to righteousness. This is how you walk in freedom. This right here, Paul lays it out step by step. Don't offer yourself to sin. Offer yourself to God. Don't offer your, your body to be instruments of sin. Offer yourself to be an instrument of righteousness. Don't be a slave to sin, be a slave to God. And that is the key to living in freedom right there. And Jesus came full of grace and full of truth so that he could empower you to live in freedom. Here's the thing that I know, and, and I, I, love, I, love this, I, I love this idea. It's very interesting. When Abraham Lincoln declared the Emancipation Proclamation way back when the, se- when the Civil War was over, even though he declared that all the slaves were to go free, did that happen right away? Nope, it didn't. Because it's one thing to declare something, and it's another thing to enact a law in it. But, number, but the first problem is, if, a, if the slaves were free, they're like, they've lived as slaves most of their lives or all their lives. They don't know how to live any other way. 
And then who's going to go and force those slave owners to release their slaves? They're like, well, if I let them go, I'm going to go broke. Right? And so a lot of times, even we ourselves, Jesus can declare freedom over your life, but you still got the slave mentality. You're still living in sin because you don't realize that God's given you the power and the grace to overcome that thing that is holding you back. But right here it says, count yourself as dead to sin. I died to that thing. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live in that anymore. I'm telling you, this is the key right here to overcoming any kind of addiction, any kind of thing that is holding your life back from, from who God created you to truly be. You're dead to sin. Don't, don't offer your body to that thing. Don't go after that thing. Offer yourself to God. And this is how you walk and how you live in freedom. Okay, I need to move on because we're running out of time and we still got a lot of verse to go. So I'm going to move on. We're going to go back to jump back over to James, to John, I'm sorry. Back to John. And we're going to look at verse 35. And in John John 8 and verse 35, this is what Jesus said. John 8, 35. says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the, in the family, but a son belongs to it to ev- forever. And so basically, the thing that I wanted to draw out here in this part is what it says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. It says, so in Jesus Christ, you are all children of God through faith. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, then you are a son of God. You are no longer a slave. And so if you are son, if you're a son, it's time to begin to live and walk and act as a son of God. Amen? And then the next slide is Galatians chapter 4. In Galatians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7, listen to what it says. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And the spirit calls out, Abba, Father, in our hearts. So you you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, God has made you an heir. And I'm telling you, if this truth would really get into your head and into your heart that you are a child of God and you actually, when, when all of a sudden you want to go do something that you know, that's, that's, not, that's not fitting for a child of God. That's not how a son of God would behave. And not only are you a son, but you are an heir. And in Romans it says you are a co-heir with Christ. So everything that is his, it's yours. And I'm telling you, if we would actually tap in to the truth and to the reality of what is here in the scripture, it would change the way we live. It really would. I know it's changed me, not to the full extent that it should, but it's definitely changed me. And, and, and so what we need to do is get rid of that slave mentality. We are not slaves to sin. We are slaves to God. And better than that, we are not slaves. We are sons of God. And we are co-heirs with Christ. If you actually believe that, it will change the way you act and the way you behave and what you care about. 
Okay, I need to move on. And it says, um, it says in verse 36, it says, So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. How many of you want to be free? I'm telling you, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died to pay for your sins, yes, but it's much more than that. Jesus died so that you become a son of God or a daughter of God. He died so that you become free. So that we become free of, of the life that you were living before. That's why he came. Because he wanted children. Because he wants relationship. And he wants his children to walk in a freedom that they've never known before. And I'm telling you. If we all started to walk into some freedom, we we could do some damage in this community. We could bring lots of people into the kingdom in this community. We could turn this community inside out and upside down if we were walking in some freedom and we were sharing the love of Christ everywhere we went. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Twelve men turned the world upside down. Can you imagine what all these people here in this room could do here in Camarillo? Wow, I'm telling you. Okay, then we're going to go on to verse um, 37, 38. Um, So basically, they're like, well, you know, we're Abraham's descendants. We don't know who you are or what you're talking about. But we're, and and Jesus is like, I know you're Abraham's descendants. But why are you trying to kill me? Because I spoke, because you have no room in my, you have no room for my word. That's why you're trying to kill me. And what I want to do, I want to take just two minutes um, right now, and I want, you to, I want you to talk to each other in your groups, and I want you to answer this question. How can you make room for God's word in your life? Come up with one way and share it with the people at your table. How can you make room for God's word in your life? Okay, who wants to share one way you can make room in your life for God's word? Go ahead. Say it again. I couldn't hear you. Read the scripture. What else? Who else has another way? Yes. Spend time. Good. Who else? Anybody else? What? Do what? Stop watching anime. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good way. Anybody else? One more. Yes. Praise. Is that what you said? Praise? Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So um, what, I, what I wanted to do is read this verse in Colossians. This is Colossians chapter 3. This is verse 16. And this is what it says. It says, let the word of Christ Dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. That's Colossians chapter 3. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of God make its home in your heart. Let God redecorate and remodel the home in your heart so that it's filled with his word. That's how you live in freedom, because you're living in truth, because his word is the truth. Okay, so we got to keep going, because 
we're running out of time. So I'm back, we're back in John and chapter 8. And we're going to look at verse 39. 39. And um, so here in this, in this portion of scripture, they're like saying, hey, Abraham is our father. And, and Jesus is like, if Abraham was your father, then you would be doing the things that Abraham did. Abraham believed God. Abraham obeyed God. But that's not how you guys are acting. You're not acting like descendants of Abraham. As a matter of fact, you guys want to kill me. And you want to kill me because I spoke the truth to you. I spoke what I heard my father telling me. That's the only thing I've done. And you guys want to kill me. And then pretty soon, um, Jesus is telling them, hey, you guys, are, are, you guys are doing the works of your father. And they're like, we're not illegitimate children. And, and then they said, the only father we have is God himself. And then, and then um, moving on to verse 42 through 44, Jesus says some pretty strong words. He says, if, you were, if God were your father, you would love me. And that's true. If God is our father, then we have such a love for Jesus, for what he did, for what he sacrificed, for who he was and how he lived. It says, I've not come on my own. God's the one who sent me. And he's like, isn't my language clear to you? Why don't you guys understand what I'm saying? I'm speaking very clearly to you. And then he says, the reason why you don't understand me is because you belong to the, your father, the devil. And you want to carry out his, your father's desires, the devil's desires. And guess who the devil was? He is a liar and he's a murderer. And the reason why you guys don't believe the truth is because you're listening to the liar. And the reason you want to kill me is because you want to do what the devil is prompting you in your hearts to do. He's a liar and he's a murderer. And now you guys are listening to him and you want to kill me. It's strong words that Jesus uses with the, with the Pharisees, with the Jews. And, um, and, and basically he says the, the devil, he doesn't have any truth in him. And I love how this NIV translates it. He says, when the devil speaks, all that comes out of his mouth is lies because that's his native language. He can't speak anything else but lies. And honestly, I believe most of the reason why some of us struggle and we struggle with sin and we live as slaves is because we're listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the lies of the devil. And that's why we end up doing things that we, sh that we really shouldn't be doing. If we were, listening to God's, it, we were listening to God's words and we were presenting ourselves as instruments of righteousness, then we're not going to be struggling with sin. That's the truth. And, and Jesus came to set us free. And so basically, um, Jesus brings some real, a, really, a really harsh rebuke towards the Pharisees. And then um, I'm going to, I need to finish this up. So we're going to go on to um, verse 42. No, I'm sorry, 47. What's that? Yeah. 
So um, I'm going to go to verse 45. It, said, it says, yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. And belief is very important to God. Belief, actually I, I was sharing this. Sometimes we think the worst sin is murder. All, we, 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 have, we categorize sin. But honestly, when you look at God's book, the worst sin is unbelief. Because unbelief, where does that get you? It gets you in the wrong place, I'll tell you that. God, God desires that his people would believe him, that they would listen to him, that, that they would obey him. This is what pleases God, is, is faith. And, um, and so anyway, I'm going to go to verse 47. And it says, he who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And so basically, what we need to understand is that we need to be people who are listening to God. We need to be listening to his voice. What is he saying to us? What is he speaking to us through his word? What is he speaking to us um, when we come to church on Sunday? What is he speaking to us while we're worshiping? In the midst of worship, sometimes God like puts something in our heart, an idea or a thought. God, God is a God who's speaking. He's always speaking, but we're not always listening. And really, I believe I believe that tonight, Jesus, he says it over and over again. Those Jews, those Pharisees, they weren't listening to him. True followers of Jesus listen to what he's saying to them. And they obey him. And they want to follow him. And, and they want to live lives of freedom. They want to live lives of truth. And they don't want to listen to the enemy who comes with his lies to steal and to kill and to destroy. And so... Um, Jesus is encouraging Jesus is encouraging them to listen. He's encouraging them to believe, but they're, but they're not doing either one of those things. But as a true disciple of Jesus Christ, we should be listening to him and we should be believing what his truth says about who he is and about who he about who we are. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 49 in verse 49, um, they basically call him a demon-possessed Samaritan. They're like, you're a demon-possessed Samaritan. You just told us that our father was a devil. Well, you're a demon-possessed Samaritan. And, um, and Jesus says, I am not possessed by a demon. I honor my father. Everything that Jesus did, he did completely surrender to the father's will. He didn't come here to do his own thing. He came here to do the Father's will. He came to bring honor and glory to the Father. And because he was living that way, they were dishonoring him. They were disrespecting him. And he, he, then he says, I'm not seeking my own glory. He did, Jesus didn't come to seek his own glory. Um, but the Father, actually, when you read in John chapter 17, it talks in there about, about glory. Basically, the Father wants to give glory and honor to the Son. And the Son wants to give glory and honor to the Father. And even in that prayer in John 17, it actually says that he wants to give us 
They want to share their glory with us, which just blows my mind. But that's a whole other message. And so basically, verse 51 says, Verily, very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Whoever obeys my word will never see death. And that is the key to living in freedom. Obeying his word. Obeying what he says to us. Obeying what is written in this, in this book. This book is the basic instructions before leaving earth. This book is a love letter from the heart of the Father to us to teach us how to live, how to walk in freedom. And it says that if we obey his word, we will never see death. Now, obviously here he's not talking about physical death because we, we know that we're all going to die. But people who believe in Jesus are going to have eternal life. That means that they're going to live forever, right? But, but at the same time, we need to understand that we can experience eternal life Every day of our lives. We don't have to wait until we die some, someday. Jesus said this in John chapter 17. He said, this is eternal life. That you would know me, the only true God, and Jesus Christ who he, who he has sent. Eternal life is knowing Jesus. Truth and life is in Jesus. And when we seek him and we obey him and when we listen to him and when we follow him, then we are going to be free. We are going to live in freedom. We are going to be free children of God living in our destiny and living in our purpose. And when we listen to the enemy's lies, that's when we get into trouble. So we need to tell him to talk to the hand because we're not listening. Tell him where he can go. Don't listen to that liar. And so basically tonight, um, I just want to encourage you. Um, really, I, I, I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. The Word of God changed my life. And, and I know, I know that, that if you would take the Word of God, it, it, there, one of the first scriptures, I was about 18, and it was the most bizarre thing I'd ever read. I didn't understand it because I was a very new believer, 18, 19 years old. And I'm reading Jeremiah the prophet. It's verse 15 and verse 16, I believe. I, I could be wrong on the address, but it says, Jeremiah says this. He says, I found your words and I did eat them. And they became unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. And I was like, that is the, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But basically, he had a scroll. He had like a piece of paper that had God's words in him, and God told him to eat it. And he took the scroll and he ate it. And it went down into his belly and it, it tasted sweet going down. And then it became, I'm telling you, the word of God, when you take it in and you make it a part of who you are, it changes you. It empowers you to walk in freedom. It empowers you to be set, set free because whom the sun sets free... Is free indeed. And God wants his kids free. Amen? So listen to his voice. Make room in your heart for the word of God. And walk in the freedom that you were created to walk in. Amen? Please stand.
Just begin to lift your voices in praise and gratitude to God for who he is and for what he's done. Father, I just praise you and I thank you for your people. And I pray, Father, that you would deliver them. Every person who is struggling tonight that has an addiction, that you would set them free. That they would present their bodies to be instruments of righteousness. That they would no longer live in slavery to sin, oh God. I pray that your children would walk in a newfound freedom they've never known. That they would begin to devour your word like Jeremiah did. And that your word would change and transform and fill and empower them to live who they were created to be. I praise you and I thank you, Father, for your people. And I pray that you would wake up your church, that you would fill your church with the power of your spirit, and that you would send them out into this city to love on people and to bring many people into your kingdom. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.